We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good morning. Today is Thursday, February 1st, and my name is Cindy Shera, and my sidekick on the um, screen is Rebecca Charles. And uh, I just wanted to share a little bit with you this morning before we really get going, and that is I am very nervous. Um, and uh, Scott had brought up something to me this morning, and I, I've been focusing on it to help me not be so nervous. And if you look behind me, I have a couple of sloths that are hanging out back there. And um, I have a sheet sheet also in front of me, which which helps me just to to be calm or calmer. And uh, I, it brought up a story about grace and the slots kind of fit with that. And I thought this might be a perfect time to share that. And grace would always remind us that, you know, just to slow down and be happy. And that's one of the little things behind me. There's a, a sloth a plaque. And I, I felt her just kind of nudging me this morning just to slow down and, and take a deep breath, mom, everything will be okay. And then it also brought up a, a time when she had to get ready for a speaking engagement, similar to what um, most kids do at school. They have some type of moment where they have speech class. And this day she had a little speech she was supposed to give in front of our homeschool co-op group. And guess what? Mom and her forgot about prepping for it. And so that morning she said to dad, dad, can you help me? Um, just get something ready for my speech. And it wasn't a very long speech, just maybe about a minute, minute and a half. And so he said, oh, Grace, what about doing this? Just do your speech in sloth mode. And she said, Dad, I can't do that. And um, he said, well, you can, because then you don't have to do your whole speech today because you would do it in such a slow motion. So it would go something like today is, and then she would go on. And so by the time her minute and a half was up, she wouldn't have even had to have any content to her speech. And so I thought about this morning, but that doesn't work for me because we have lots of content to, to share with our show today. But I have been um, focusing on my little sloths and my little my little girl, Grace, um, to help me walk through this, this uh, podcast today, which we feel very blessed um, to be doing. And so as I said, um, who I am, I'm Cindy Shera, and um, Scott normally does the show, and he has allowed us to take it um, from him and give him a little bit of time to focus on the case um, that we have going on this year with Grace. And so that's why we're here. And we have a wonderful guest that we're going to be talking to in a few minutes. But I uh, just want to let you know who, who we are, who's on the screen right now. And so I'm Cindy Shira. As I stated, I'm, I'm the wife of Scott, who does the D program with Grace's dad, and also the mother of Grace, also known as Our Amazing Grace. Today, I uh, have the privilege, as I said, of guest hosting with Rebecca Charles. And together, we stand united as mothers for justice. Rebecca has endured the heart-wrenching loss of her beloved daughter, Danielle, at the tender age of 28. And at the same time, we, Scott and I, mourn the tragic death of our precious Grace Emily, who is just 19. And she is just a huge loss in our, our family, our daughter, Jessica, and our two grandsons and son-in-law. And, and Scott and I just, um, we are, are lost without Grace. And yet we also are lost without our son, Travis, who we lost um, to suicide prior to Grace. So. Um, we have carry a lot of uh, grief, but at the same time, we know God is opening doors for us. And so the um, first thing we want to bring on, Don, is the Flyers of Grace and Danielle. 
because those are the two precious girls that we lost um, under the disguise of COVID. And um, we want you to, to take a look at these beautiful girls. They both have um, had tragically succumbed to the American hospital Holocaust as their lives were intentionally cut short with the confines of healthcare institutions. <clears throat> and it's just heart-wrenching to think that the very hands that we entrusted with healing became the ones responsible for our girls' untimely demise. Their unfortunate deaths occurred in October of 2021. Rebecca has started our website to expose the doctors and the nurses by posting pictures um, so that people see who is responsible for the deaths of our girls and so many others who were murdered. It's called deathbyhospitalprotocol.com. And so the two flyers that you had just looked at, um, they are both available on the website, the new ones now um, that you can download and fill out to help bring awareness to your loved ones who were murdered by the hospital protocol, but also expose the pictures of the doctors and nurses is really what Rebecca's goal is. And I, I, I believe that this is really something we need to do um, because we need to realize that the hospitals are not what they were years ago and COVID brought out such an evil side. And we just really need to look at what's been happening and help people be safe going into the, the walls of these, these killing fields. So like I said, the um, website is deathbyhospitalprotocol.com. If you have any questions, you can email Rebecca. Her info will be in the show notes at the um, end of the, the, show, the show. Thank thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Today brings an excitement as Cindy and I embark on our first solo, steering the ship without Scott's lively banter and infamous linguistic traps. Typically, he would set a clever verbal trap and I would unwittingly fall right into it, much to the audience delight. So today is just the three of us. We engage in a conversation of vibrant energy and sharing our pertinent information for the present day. Today, our guest is Megan Smith, and the title of today's program is Unveiling a Forbidden Topic, Alternative Cancer Therapies. Megan has uncovered a wealth of cancer information she shares in her documentary. Now, normally we don't start with a slide before we read the guest bio, but these slides show why cancer is so prevalent today. Don, will you please bring up the jab and med slides? <coughs> All right. So as you see, the COVID vaccines given worldwide are now the new epidemic called turbo cancer. It's a fast spreading cancer throughout the body with an increase in death while the intense use of pharmaceuticals are actually feeding these cancer deaths. It's just, it's um, unfathomable what um, is going on with the pharmaceuticals and the push for drugs. And Megan's going to be sharing um, a, a bit of that information, but her documentary is just uh, something that I think you will find very informational. So, as um, Rebecca introduces our guest, um, we will find more information out. Megan Smith holds an MS in biology and currently works as a documentary filmmaker and in freelance investigative journalist. In 2016, Megan founded Waymark Productions, a company dedicated to bettering the lives of those with health afflictions. 
Prior to that, she worked as a screenwriter, a Capitol Hill lobbyist, a stage performer, recording artist. Megan was the first to report on the inaccuracies of Lyme disease and in the, for the Washington Post. Megan wrote, produced, dedicated both her documentaries, her first short documentary, Boobs, The War on Women Breasts, generated international film festival awards and was turned into a feature film distributed by Cinema Libre Studios. The film looks into different breast cancer screening tests for women. Megan Film, her second film, A New Standard of Care, Alternative Cancer Therapies, investigates the area of non-conventional cancer therapies and is dedicated to her late husband, Proctor, who passed away from cancer in 2009. Don, could you please bring Megan in? Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning, Megan. Welcome. Thank you. You have quite an extensive uh, bio there. It goes um, on forever. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it, it is really awesome to see yes. what what you've been involved with and um, the guest or the the listeners today and and us are are going to be just so uh, aware of what we should be paying attention to after um, today's show and then watching your documentaries. So I want to thank you for being with us today. Don, we want to play um, a clip um, to introduce the audience to Megan's documentary. So can you play item number three? I am a seeing is believing kind of person and I believe in drugs. <laughs> if surgery worked, cancer would be easy. If chemo worked to be, none of these things work. I thought, my gosh, what, look what you're doing to me. You know, you're taking out this organ and that organ. I did have my oncologist tell me that when I was, when I was 60, I'd have the heart of an 80 year old. Harm from treatment is a real problem. Oftentimes, if you follow the guidelines, you'll kill people. I think we're doing it backwards sometimes, yes. Is that the standard of care? That's the standard of care. It hasn't been working so well so far. <laughs> that that's, is it a, in a, that's it in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, as Scott and I watched, um, we just thought, wow, this film is just outstanding and it's going to open the eyes of anyone who has nothing um, in their craw or not in their craw, but in their, um, in their mind about what alternative treatments are. And then also just even be awake to what cancer treatments are doing to people. That was just what was unbelievable to us. And um, so I just thought, wow, this is really going to be something. Um, your friend Christy, like most, believe in in cancer drugs, which is unbelievable. Um, and I'm sad that she lost her life. Um, you know, as as you had pointed out, you tried to wake her up and share with her what was out there. And yet, it's hard to change people's mindset. Um, and so we've, we've just really all been programmed by the medical profession, and and we rely on the drugs. And sadly, it's hard to have people listen and hear the truth about these alternative treatments. So what um, what would you, you know, share right now with, with just even the little bit that people now have seen with that clip and a few things we've said? Right, I, people wanna believe in their doctors. I mean, that's the way we were raised. Um, we trust, as I, I got older, I started wrong with me. <laughs> 
things, they were all, everything was brought on by big medicine. I sat and pondered about that one day and I was like, wow, that's just, you know, if I hadn't, if it wasn't for big medicine, side effects or medications, misdiagnosis, no diagnosis, um, I'd be doing pretty good. And I think people, I would say that my friends that are more conventional medicine oriented, they've watched this film and they they call me up and go, Megan, oh my gosh, I'm going to, if I get cancer, I'm going to Mexico. I mean, at that to me spoke volumes. I was like, okay, my job, I did my job. Cause you don't know if you've done your job as a filmmaker until you start getting feedback. Um, two of them were lawyers, which are hard to convince of anything, I think. So, um, yeah, no, we, we follow the white coat. Um, but I think since the pandemic, I think people are starting to question medicine. I think that's, if there's one, you know, silver lining to that awful cloud we went through that people are starting to question, wait a minute, are they over medicating us? Are they giving us the wrong stuff? Can we really, you know, trust them? Maybe we should be questioning our doctors more. Right. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. I mean, we grew up too thinking that, you know, we could trust the medical system, the doctors and nurses. And I would have never, ever thought that you shouldn't. That was just kind of a given. Right. So it just was mind boggling. Uh, I know for our listeners and, um, and us, at first when I saw the documentary, it was like four and a half hours. I was like, oh my gosh. But really, everybody, it is outstanding. It is something that you break it up into two, two days, which is what we did. But the information is just a wealth of knowledge that I don't know how anybody could have ever gotten it compiled as well as you did. Oh, and thank then you. To, yeah. And then to actually be able to relate to some of it because of, of the fact that you, everybody knows someone who's battled cancer of some sort. So, yeah. I was going to keep it shorter to two hours and an hour and a half, whatever standard is for um, documentaries. I thought, you know, this is never going to play in the theater. They've, they've yeah. locked us out of theaters. They've locked us out of, they're taking us mm -hmm. down off of YouTube. I said, I'm just going to put everything in there that I think is really pertinent. I had 200, 200 hours of interviews. So I really had to chop, chop, chop. And finally, when I got to, to four hours and 45 minutes, my, I looked at my editor. I said, what do I take out? And he goes, I don't know what you can take out. It's all really important information. So we just went, you know, the first act is about what we're doing today in standard of care. We're cut, poison, burn. Um, the second act is about what we could be doing, the alternatives, all the clinics, patient stories, which are really interesting to watch. Stage four cancers being reversed. There are doctors going, I don't know what you did, but keep doing it. Um, and then the third act I, I put in because I, my my friends would always go, Megan, you know, you're going down this road of alternatives, but where's the evidence and why aren't they using them if they really have a cure for cancer? Like my friend Christy said at the beginning of the film. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you why they're not using them. And I did a deep dive into the medical research and talking to doctors. And so that's a really, eye, that's a big eye opener of why. We, and maybe why my, it convinced my friends to, you know, consider alternatives. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't only use Christy, but you also lost your husband. And so, Don, I, we'd like to play this clip, which relates to your husband, um, Proctor's um, battle with cancer. So clip number four, Don, will you please bring up? This brings us to the heart of what Proctor's oncologist confided that fateful day. Doctors who had gotten used to inflated salaries had to figure out how to make up that lost revenue. 
And, per this 2007 article, they did so by changing their treatment strategy, whether it benefited the patient or not. So what are the additional treatments? Per this article, it appears one is administering chemotherapy more often, which could be harmful to the patient. Another New York Times article also pointed to changing treatment protocols or even offering unjustified care. Could that include administering an extra bag of highly toxic chemotherapy into an unsuspecting patient? So not only is there a kickback, but there's a stepwise process that is to influence and optimize reimbursement. So in that way, the patient's not a patient, the patient becomes a commodity. All of this left me wondering, how widespread is this problem and has any of it been curtailed? And how many cancer patients died or are still dying in earlier horrific death because of it? One being my late husband. I hate to say this, but it's sort of true. It's a competitive business, oncology, and they don't want you to go to the other medical group. They don't want you to, to get on the internet and look for alternatives. They don't want you to talk to your friends or get a second opinion. So they intimidate you. And it's despicable, but it's common that oncologists will rush into the room, I'm really busy, I'm really important, and you know, um, you've got cancer, and this is really deadly, and you've got to start your chemotherapy right now so that you don't get time to think, you don't ask any questions that are annoying and take up their time, and you're in their system because the system makes money by giving people chemo. That's where the money is. My husband wanted to travel one more time before starting up his first chemotherapy session, but the doctor said no, and instead rushed him into a five chemo cocktail treatment, including the very toxic cisplatin. A month later, he was in a wheelchair. I asked about reducing the next number of chemos given to him, but the doctor insisted on the same cocktail. The second session left him permanently bedridden. Wow. Very sad. Shocking. Yeah, there's a, before that, excuse me, before, before that clip in the film, I tell a story about the first um, meeting we had with the, or the oncologist Proctor went to. Someone in the room, I won't say who, was a relative, said, doctor, what's this about you getting kickbacks for chemotherapy? Because they, they used to be able to, they still are allowed to buy wholesale chemotherapy, put a big margin on it, and then sell it retail to the patients. So they were making a lot of money. And finally, Medicare said, okay, we're going to cap this at 6%. You guys are getting carried away. They're making millions. And so when that happened, the oncologist they had this, you know, how are we going to make up our, our millions that we've just lost out of? And this doctor said, look, here's what's going on. Sometimes I give a patient three chemos instead of two, or I will go out of business. He said that to us oh. behind closed oh. doors. He closed the door. And I went, what? And I said, Proctor, is this the guy you want to go to? And he said, you know, he was recommended by my family doctor who I just love. And so off we went and didn't end well. And um, that, that got in my craw and just stuck there for six years until I finally said, you know what, I have all the, I have an investigative reporter, I have a master's in science. I'm just going to grab a cameraman and we're going on the road and we're going to figure out what's going on. Because Ty Bollinger, his series on, <clears throat> excuse me, the truth about cancer yeah. really opened my eyes. And I said, that'd be great to have it all in one place or, or a patient one-stop shop for all the information and so that's what I've been doing for eight years. <laughs> it was a big project. <laughs> Wonderful.
I'm sorry a tragedy had to bring this to life. Well, thank you, and I'm sorry for your losses as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing. <clears throat> Once you lose a loved one, how God uses that to open doors um, and expose the evil. And, you know, you're doing that, and it, it's it's going to save lives. And yep. that is that is just a wonderful thing from that perspective. But at the same time, the loss that we all endure is just so horrific. Right. And you're doing the same thing. It's um, kind of comes back around. You can just sit around and grieve about it or you can do something about it. And it's so just therapeutic to do such and to, to try and give back and don't let it happen to other people by warning. Yeah. Right. How do you um, go about, you know, sharing with family? Because that's the hardest thing for us, I think, is we clearly know what happened to our loved ones. Mm -hmm. But yet we have family still that is not awake to it. Do you have any advice there? Well, that's really one of the reasons I made this film. I got tired of people saying, you know, Megan, you don't know what you're talking about. If they had a cure, blah, blah, blah. Like I said before, and I said, okay, I'm so tired of hearing that. I, I know what I know. I cured myself of chronic Lyme disease using a Rife machine, R-I-F-E. And Proctor used it on himself for three days and his lung cancer, his wheezing cleared up. And I said, why don't you go down this road, your stage four, you know, instead of going the road of chemo radiation, we know how that's going to end up. And he said, I don't understand this machine. It makes me nervous. And of course, he was nervous about conventional too. And he just said, it's my decision. And I had to let it go. And that was really difficult because we knew how it was going to end. <laughs> so it's, I don't, there is no good. And everybody has their aha moment. Um, with this. And mine was when I had chronic disease and Johns Hopkins said, you're incurable. You're going to be stuck on IV antibiotics the rest of your life. And I went, no, I'm not. And I just, I don't know where I got that strength because I was in so much pain, but I just, I, and you know, God sent me this right machine at the same time. My friend had a squamous cell on his, on his leg and he didn't want to get cut on and chemo or whatever. And so we went down this road together as our, my acupuncturist actually turned friend and he cured his squamous cell and I cured my Lyme. And I was like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that so, is amazing. You're, you're very lucky to have the Rife machine. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can't get it. Oh, well, uh, there's one out of Canada. I can't, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but yeah, you can, you can get them out of Canada. <laughs> well, that's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Like we tried to get the papimi out of Canada and we couldn't get it. The FDA would seize it. <clears throat> the oh. papimi. I hope that's not going on now. I haven't talked to them lately. I haven't heard that, but mm -hmm. yeah. But do you know the New York Times came out with the Rife machine? Did you see that article? It was a one of their reporters, columnist, um, had chronic Lyme and he he used the Rife uh, machine and reversed a lot of his symptoms. And I was like, I couldn't believe the New York Times printed that. It's like, oh my gosh. And so I wouldn't normally have put that in my film or talked about it because I know it's a sensitive issue because it can kill viruses and bacterium and molds and funguses. And I said, well, okay, it's an open door now. So I'm going in. <laughs> so we'll see no. what happens, but. That's awesome. Um, as I said earlier, the, the video or the do documentary, it's really more of a, more than just a video. It's going to wake up a lot of people. It's that big. And we know that the Bible warns us about pharmacia and we know the devil's been using the pharmaceuticals um, and doing a great job deceiving all of us. Mm -hmm. So with Rebecca and I's mission, which is Mothers for Justice and, and actually for Scott 
in his program with Grace's dad, we're trying to wake people up. We're trying to educate people what's going on and help save lives because really that's the ultimate thing. Satan is fighting for souls and he's doing whatever he can to destroy mm-hmm. people, take their lives and so on. And you see it all around us in such a, a profound way right now. So if you wanted to you know, educate someone who's never heard anything about cancer, which is probably pretty rare, they probably have some bias about cancer, but we want to help get rid of that bias. What would you tell them from what you have learned now with doing your documentary? To try and get them to convince them to use alternatives? Right. Because I mean, most people think that, you know, oh, it's just inevitable. Most, most of us get, will get cancer, you know, if we've got the genes and, you know, if, you know, there's some um, parameters, you know, that are lined up just right for us, we're going to get cancer. But that's really not what we've learned, what cancer is and where it comes from. And so we need to educate people, you know, from, from day one, knowing, okay, what is cancer? And, you know, the pro- approaches that are out there now, the alternative care treatments that you've uncovered, you know, if we can help them say, okay, once you've dealt that card, it's not the end of the world. So what yeah. would you, you know, really first start to tell them? So cancer is not largely genetic. Um, that is a fallacy that's been kept alive for a while. But I think it's like maybe 5% of all cancers are genetic. Um, so mostly we're getting it from, you know, if you've had a high toxicity load, like a lot of radiation from scans or something, it can happen that way. But mostly it's just the our environmental, bad air, bad water, bad food. Um, you have, it's a constant, you have to stay on top of it. <laughs> um, that's just the way the world is right now, just eating healthy stuff and detoxing your body. Um, but, you know, I, I say this to people and I know some people don't like it when I say this, but um, I feel, I'm not afraid of cancer anymore. I've had some skin lesions. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and I'm like, I'm not afraid of it because I have all this knowledge. And Ty Bollinger's, you know, he started me down that path of, of going in my Rafe machine. I feel a lot more secure than I used to. And so I have, I, w- I want to leave people with hope and not fear. And this information, I, you know, I tell people have a cancer plan. You know, one in two women, one in three men, or one in two men, one in three women are going to get cancer. And that's probably you know, going to be about 50-50 pretty soon across the board. You know, know have this information ahead of time. Because then you'll know, you won't panic. When you get a cancer diagnosis, most people panic. That's what my husband did. He just shut down. And when he shut down, he kind of sucked me into the abyss. I did what I could to, you know, convince him otherwise. But instead of shutting down to, you know, use this film, use Ty's great work. There's tons of books out there. Read ahead of time. Understand the body. It's a mitochondrial dysfunction, not a DNA. And that's what chemotherapy attacks the DNA of the cell and kills the cell. That way it also kills all the other cells. It's a problem. Um, but the, what the holistic doctors are doing, the non-conventional, they're looking at the mitochondrial dysfunction. Don't eat all that sugar. Cancer loves sugar and hates oxygen. So if you can remember those two things, everything that you can do to cut down your sugar and increase your oxygen of your blood, you're going to be that much healthier across the board for all chronic diseases, by the way. So that's a big difference is it's mitochondrial. It's not DNA. It's not, it's not in the nucleus of the, of the cell. So um, understanding that you're already a, you know, big step ahead of everything and watch my film, a new standard of care.com and read, you know, watch Ty's series and um, read books. <laughs> There's a ton of them out there. 
I had bought Thai Bollinger series because I became very fearful probably 10 years ago when I see the statistics keep going up. As you said, one in every two men and one in every three women. That is scary. So now we have <clears throat> a sober reality of 600,000 people died every year from cancer. And in 2004, we have the rapid increase of turbo cancer, fast spreading cancers worldwide. What can we do about these numbers? Yeah. And why is and another reason too? Another question is why is the increase? So, of course, COVID, we all know that COVID, COVID itself is highly inflammatory, but then the vaccine took the coronavirus, as you know, and amplified that and put that into people, which was, I, I was like, why don't they take another part of the virus? Because I used to work with DNA in the laboratory. I was like, that's crazy. I, I'm not putting that stuff in my body. Um, so anyway, you got all that, you know, when you get vaccinated, it's really amplified in your body and got, they've got the lipid thing and all this other stuff in the vaccine. But, um, I, you know, <laughs> Boy, detox the body. If you do get vaccinated, detox as fast as you can. Eat, again, it goes back to your lifestyle. Take mm -hmm. as much stress out of your life as you can. That's a big killer. Um, my husband, I kind of feel like part of his cancer was brought, it was at least in part brought on by stress. Because what stress does is it take, if you keep in the fight and flight, whatever mode for too long, your adrenals are pumping and all of a sudden your cortisol which kind of controls a lot of your hormones in your body goes crazy. It stays elevated for a long period of time. And then all the hormones underneath that, like all over your body start going crazy. And then you have dysfunction in all your organs and then your mitochondria start failing and then you get cancer. So, I mean, we're all stressed out right now, but you know, look to meditation, look to exercise um, again, lifestyle, you know, look at, look what you're eating. Don't go to McDonald's. I was going to McDonald's like once a week at one point and I, my, I had bre breast inflammation, a therm thermogram caught it. I was 20 pounds heavier. I was on three medications. I was, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was doing this film and running around crazy. And I went, whoa, that was my stop everything. I need to reverse that. And I did within a year by lifestyle changes. So it's really important. You just have to keep on it all the time. I take tons of supplements. <laughs> and now in today's world, people are more stressed than ever. Stress with right. vaccines, stress with all the disease, mm -hmm. disease X, everything that's coming. So we are really in yeah. trouble now. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Really mm -hmm. brings down your stress level. Yep. And they're doing the the big fear tactic too right now again with you know they're claiming we've got a high prevalence of RSV and there's a new strain of COVID and you know people are jumping on the fear bandwagon and instead of trusting in in God and then trusting in in knowledge that they already know like Rebecca you brought up with me one day about how <laughs> corn has 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 no good benefits. Yeah. So I'd like you to even share that because I I didn't even think about how so many things have corn in it and how that can play into our, our health of our body. Go ahead, one. I found out that GMO corn, it um, actually, they, they genetically modified, so it would explode if the insect eats it. So now everybody's eating corn, and corn is in all the foods, and my husband, who works with medical doctors, he said his, um, the gastrointestinal doctors the patients are lined up outside. He never seen this in 10 years, but they're becoming more and more and more, you know, having issues with their stomach. And again, you go back to the corn, the genetically modified to explode in the stomach. And what's happening to humans today? 
Can you tell us about that? Yeah, gee, I don't know that much about. I know that corn is, yeah, terribly. A lot of all of our food supplies has you know genetically modified organisms. They're like crossbreeding. Even if you have something that's not modified, the wind can take the pollination over and contaminate mm-hmm. that crop. It's hard to get something that's not contaminated. And I had a doctor in Switzerland explain, he was a radiation expert, and he said, if you put a GMO food into a microwave, it'll just turn into this disgusting, which I used to do all the time. He said, (laughs) it'll turn into this disgusting mess of um, uh, free radicals. You're just eating just a plate full of free radicals. He said, do not microwave GMO food. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how long have I been doing that? You know, so I got rid of my microwave. (laughs) We don't have Um, a microwave either. (laughs) Yeah, I just I signed off. It's inconvenient, but I don't care. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, no, GMO is really bad. Cut it out. They're not just saying this. It is. It's really bad. As much as you can try and find the mother seed, the original seed, you know, that was on our earth before the science, crazy scientists got hold of it and modified it. um, Do the best you can go to health food stores, you know, it's, it's hard to, to be healthy. It's just, it's our water supply. I mean, even, you know, the water coming that they put in the jugs in the supermarket that you think you feel good about drinking, yeah. you know, they're finding out, they test it and they're like, eh, it's not, you know, it's not, it's a little bit better than the faucet, but it's still not perfect. So just do the best you can. It's get, find a good naturopathic doctor. That's also important. Find a good, somebody you really trust that knows supplements and get on some good supplements. Yeah. That's that's awesome news. Yeah, and and advice for people. I know that Scott takes a whole container full of supplements in the morning and then again at night. Um, and I take supplements too. And I would have never even thought of the benefits that you can get from just having good supplements that is building up your immune system, helping you stay healthy. And then with what you're talking about too, you know, you're you're taking care of yourself emotionally and then also physically to help you know, prevent yourself from, from getting cancer. And then if you did can't get cancer, I mean, your body's that much more healthy to fight it off. Um, at least that's how, how I'm seeing it. Um, and you know, in the film and the clip that we played earlier, they mentioned the standard of care. And I wanted you to explain to our listeners, what is the standard of care? Because what I think the standard of care is, is horrific because I think for for cancer, you know, you think about people, they go in, they're diagnosed with maybe breast cancer. All of a sudden they're, they're butchered and there's their breast is removed. They're then convinced that radiation and chemo are the next thing to do. But what happens is they've destroyed, you know, the people's bodies in, in, in so many different forms. And, and many of them succumb to, as in the, in your documentary stated that it's not even the cancer that kills people, but it's the treatment of the cancer. So what is really standard of care? So standard of care, um, actually, it's it's a legal term. Um, If the doctor follows the standard of care, which they can find from different association guidebooks and guidebooks that are out there, if they can grab one of those uh, protocols and use it on a patient, they are protected from liability. It's it's really a liability thing. So if they follow the standard of care and follow the, you know, goose step behind the person in front of them, they are going to, they're going to be okay legally. Um, so it's these people that get out of line to get their legs chopped off. Unfortunately, and those are the alternative doctors. But um, for cancer, it's, you should also realize, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize any of this kind of going into this whole thing, but 
stage one cancers are really the only ones that you might be able to exercise with a scalpel and cut out and you'll be cured by modern medicine. Um, that's if they get it all. But once you go into stage two, you're starting, you're getting some stuff floating around, they think, in your lymphatics. So it's already spreading around, trying to find someplace else to land in your body. So then they throw radiation and chemo at it. Well, radiation we know is carcinogenic, right? It breaks DNA mm -hmm. stand, strands. Chemo, most chemotherapy, if not all of them, are carcinogenic. You just have to look on what they call the crimp, which is that piece of paper that comes inside the little vial with the vial. And it'll say, oh, by the way, you might get secondary cancers from this later on and blah, blah, blah. Some of them create metastasis. <laughs> so all of a sudden now you're creating stage three, four cancers and you're going to be gone pretty soon. So, um, yeah, so the, it's, it's crazy what we're doing. We're, we're throwing carcinogenic drugs and treatment at them and we're trying to cure them of, of carcinogenesis. And, and so we're doing exactly opposite. Why aren't we looking at non-conventional? Because they make their money off of vaccines and chemotherapy. That's what big, big pharma does. That's where they make all their money. So, you, you, you know, they're not going to like this film. I'm surprised it's still up on YouTube. <laughs> um, I got a plan when it gets taken down. But, um, yeah, so we're doing exactly opposite. I mean, that happens a lot in medicine, a lot. They tell, you, right. they tell cancer patients to eat sugar. Don't worry about what you eat. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. You got to get your glycemic index and your blood down they don't tell mm -hmm. them to eat cupcakes you know it's like mm -hmm. yeah right um there's a slide that we're going to show in just a second um and it's about the government now showing it um well actually they're they're so hypocritical it's unbelievable but they have a um article on ivermectin that's being used to actually shrink cancerous tumors hmm. they know it's able to do that hmm. and so don will you bring up link number five for us so here it states, ivermectin suppresses tumor growth and mastosis through degradation of PAC-1 in esophageal squamous cell sarcoma. I hmm. probably massacred that. But, <laughs> but here we know that ivermectin has another benefit. Um, yeah, and I see that, that was, I see that was um, published in 2020. <laughs> Right. And um, it also looks like it may have come out of China, if those names are Chinese. Another interesting thing. I always I always look at who, who, who are the authors? Where did they come from? Why are they U.S. authors? No. Generally speaking, no. <laughs> they, don't right. get the they won't get the funding to do these studies. And then the American Cancer Society says if, it come if a study comes out of China, we don't even consider it. That's right. what they told me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> So Megan, chemo is really bad, but there is a treatment where they do use chemo, the IPT treatment. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Right. So I, I interviewed National Cancer Institute, a really interesting um, conversation I had. And I went through all the alternatives and said, have you heard about it? What do you think about it? Any successes? And he said, well, look, in, back in, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, they came out with the best case series, which means the ones that were, were most um, efficacious and um, least toxic to the body, which is what standard care is. It's got to be high, high efficacy and low toxicity. And so they started to look into three things. One was homeopathy coming out of India. One was um, a macrobiotic diet. And the mm -hmm. other one was IPT, insulin potentiation therapy, where you use insulin 
uh, cancer cell has a lot more um, insulin receptors because it's a sugar eating machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's, it's a long story, but they use insulin to, to, to manipulate the chemotherapy to go right into the, the cancer cell. It directs it. Mm-hmm. And so the, the problem is, is that it, well, the good thing is, sorry, is that it doesn't kill the rest of the cells in the body because you can lower the chemotherapy to five to 40% of what normally would be used of that chemotherapy. So the patient's hair is not falling out. They're not, they're not vomiting. They're not all this, the toxicity load that this one doctor said he hardly gets any side effects at all when he does IPT. So I'm talking to NCI about this. I said, well, what happened to this? He said, yeah, we saw great results. And he said, well, um, actually, I don't know if I really want to put this on film. And I said, well, it's already on film. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he said, um, he said, you know, because it's a chemotherapy, we decided it didn't really belong in our program. And so it just disappeared. But I was like, send it somewhere else in NCI to study. What, what is that? That wasn't, a, that wasn't an answer. Yeah. So My father will use IPT. And it was successful. Oh. Yes. oh, my gosh. Look at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, America being a first world country, again, I will say first world, Scott is not here. <laughs> <to treat>. <laughs> <laughs> so, and being an educated country, yet we have so much sickness and uneducated, uneducation about alternative treatments because we are being bombarded every day with Big Pharma commercials, Big Pharma in the sports, Big Pharma in the TV shows, Big Pharma in the movie theater. I mean, how does how do people really get this knowledge? Because your film is wonderful. I mean, it really is like a teaching film, you know, to, to steer people into the right direction. How do we really help people? Well, I'm trying I'm trying to get it up onto <clears throat> pardon me, the biggest platforms I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and approach other you know, television, I, you know, I don't think it's going to has a chance, but I'm trying to get a distributor for it. Um, yeah, trying to get this information out. There's a bunch of lawsuits, as you know, going through since COVID and the whole disinformation take, uh, you know, I got sucked into the whole vaccine disinformation COVID thing. Mm-hmm. So alternatives, they, they saw a door brilliantly saw this door open, like, Hey, disinformation of vaccines and we can throw all of alternatives you know, just suck them out of here too. suck the oxygen out. So all my friends are having their, you know, their YouTube films taken down that are, you know, the, I have the medical literature in my film. It's everything's backed up with medicine or a doctor saying it. And they still, they'll, they'll come after it. They came after my friend's films. Um, we, ju- I, I, you know, I, we need an, we need the people underneath that we need to just march on Washington until, you know, until they listen right into your congressmen and your senators. And, you know, there's like four lobbyists to each member of Congress. So that's what we're fighting. Mm-hmm. So we need to get constituents talking. Right. So, Cindy, I, you remember I mentioned to you, maybe we should speak about, you know, writing a bill or a new law where alternative treatments are covered for under the insurance companies. Because you just mentioned the standard of care. Now, standard of care, it brought me right back to the hospital protocols. The doctors were protected for killing us, killing our loved ones. They are protected. People need to know that. Why are the doctors protected? This is, I told we were promised it will never happen again after the Holocaust. Yeah, it goes back to the standard of care. As long as you follow the standard of care and don't, you know, go a different direction, you, they risk zero liability, basically. 
unless they they do something crazy they've really done you know but if they follow the protocol if it's in a book somewhere they're mm -hmm. covered so is it possible to write a bill well so i lobbied congress for 12 years um you really have to change medicare's you have to convince medicare to change which it'd be i don't know if it would be a bill i'd have to think about it or if it would be um you know the chairman of the health committee um <laughs> um regulations or that's the problem everybody lobbies medicare too medicare sets our standard of care it, it doesn't come from the research it comes from medicare to other in, um, insurance industries down to the medical schools. It's totally backwards. And that's from lobbyists. That's from pharma talking to Medicare. That's how our standard of care gets gets set. So um, it's been, there'd probably be a way to change. I think um, in the film, I, I, Senator Harkin from Iowa, he's a really good man. He used to be in charge of the health committee on the Senate side. And he said, he told me, I have to remember what he said. He said, um, yeah, I think you could change. There's something in the FDA regulations or something you could change via law. So, you know, but it would be you'd have to really know what you're doing because it's a labyrinth of <laughs> regulations and laws and lobbyists. <laughs> right. And then what are we up against? You're up against these these big pharma companies that have billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And then you think about the cancer industry and how there's so much money involved in that. I mean, it's you're, it's up with our theme with Grace or our, our, our uh, little icon that we have with Grace. We have, you know, David and Goliath. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we are up against a huge conglomerate that does not want to have us find out the truth. And so when I think about that, you know, we have this cancer treatments that are out there, the ones that are pushed on everybody, you know, it's a billion dollar industry. And yet we have treatments that are the alternative treatments that could be used. And yet they're not being able to be used by people because of the cost, because all of a sudden your insurance covers the whole aspect of the traditional ones. And so it just seems like it is just such a, um, what would I say, a huge wall that you just keep not getting through. Um, yeah, it's not just the U.S. now, too. Um, I thought the doors were going to be swinging open when I went over to the EU. I couldn't get anybody in France to talk to me. Only one person in the U.K., Switzerland a little bit, but not not until I got over into the ex-Soviet satellite company, you know, countries um, were they freer to talk. Um, and also Mexico, the clinics down there, one of them said, no, don't come here. We're being watched. So even the Mexican clinics are under, yeah. So pharma's a, they're, you know, building factories over in the EU. I think that's what's behind it. Then they go lobby their parliaments or whatever. And the Mexico, I don't even want to think about what they're doing there. It's Mexico. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, we're, we're running out of options. So that's why it's better just not to get cancer in the first place. Right. <laughs> you don't have to go down this road and worry about it. I so, but if, yeah. So if somebody does get cancer and, and they want to do the, the alternative treatments, what would you say to them? Where should they start? Where should they begin? Watch um, my film. <laughs> right. A new yeah. standard of care.com. Um, watch Ty Bollinger's series. Just get educated. I, I don't want to, and you'll see if you watch my film, you'll see who you can probably tell which doctors I lean would lean towards for myself. Right. right. Um, I also wanted to see, I felt more comfortable putting people in that gave me stage four cancers that they had reversed 
to talk to them, you know, that made me, you have spontaneous remissions sometimes, but stage four is, that's going to take more than a little spontaneous remission. So those are, I felt legitimate, but um, that's, you know, I, that's where I would start. And again, take care of yourself. Um, There's a gentleman, Chris Wark, um, Chris beat cancer. I don't know if you know him. Yes, I know him. Yes, I know him. Yes. Yeah. He, he reverses can't stage three C and they told him you're a goner. Mm-hmm. Um, they said he, he basically hooked himself up to a blender and mm-hmm. he's still juicing, I think to this mm-hmm. day and his cancer has not come back. He reversed it, which is phenomenal. So there's things you can do and afford it if, you know, cause can't, because insurance won't pay for these other treatments largely, but yeah. Well, that's good to know. Cause that's what I wondered. I mean, are some of these pretty, pretty expensive, the alternative treatments, or are they in in line with some people's budget where maybe you have to take out a loan, but yeah, that you'd be Me- able to actually use these, these treatment options. Well, Mexico, I think they start about 25,000 a visit, which uh, I think a visit is three weeks, but don't quote me on that. Okay. I'm just ballparking it. Um, and then, you know, a doctor out of Houston, Texas, Dr. Brzezinski, who's reversing brain cancers, not every time, but like, I think he said 70 to 75% of the time. Um, using anti-neoplastins, his invention, um, he's more expensive than that. Right. Um, Scott had him but, on, on a podcast, and, and it's yeah. just eye-opening what he's able to do. Yeah, and they've been going after him for years and years yes. and years, and they can't put him in jail, and they haven't. They finally, you know, they find him, but that's about it. They didn't get his medicine, medical license taken away because he was curing cancer. Right. Excuse me. <coughs> Yeah. So some of them are very expensive, but you know, it is your life. Some of them are less expensive. And um, again, they're in my film and Ty Bollinger has stuff too. And you can always just change your diet radically and clean up your life. And, you know, that'll cut down the sugar. That'll start to reverse it some anyway. I think that's a big mindset thing that we, we all um, should be concentrating on because if you think of people that have diabetes, they say that, if you just change your diet, you know, you can get rid of diabetes and yet people don't realize that could be done so easily. And now you're pointing out, okay, cancers can be, he looked at that same way, which is, which yeah. is eye-opening. We're, we're lazy. Um, my friend, my friend, Christy, oh, I loved her. Um, she came in, she's stage four cancer. I told her about, you have to eat healthy. I walk in and for lunch, she's having, she's eating out of a box of Cheez-Its. For lunch oh, oh, and I was just like oh my gosh I just had to zip it I just had to yeah. zip it mm-hmm. so you are what you eat you know um I'm not saying that killed her but it, it helped accelerate her cancer I'm sure I think the food is also very addicting to people you know very addicting. yeah comfort food addicting <laughs> and there's also the ketogenic diet which is another cheaper diet where you just no carbs just butter and fat and that starves the cancer because the cancer would eat sugar. So if you get it in time, the ketogenic diet might also be an option to use. So Megan, we know now the fear is driving people to choose these deadly treatments, right? Fear, the insurance is gonna pay for it, the doctor is putting more fear into you, telling you you have to start right away or else you're gonna die and you're still gonna die because they're gonna kill you. So without trusting God to give them direction, what can you tell the listeners about these doctors and nurses in white coats? 
that you if mean you were the pa- I mean, if you were the patient today, what would you tell them? Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, do your own research. I, again, I know it's hard when you get, especially a, a chronic disease, especially something like a, can- a diagnosis of cancer. It's difficult to think. I, I have a friend that's stage four and he got on the internet. I, I had two friends that did, they got on the internet and did their own research. I'm like, wow, it's a mindset. You know, you, you want to live, you got to want to live. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by the way, speaking of spirituality, every, every person I met that had reversed their cancers was a very spiritual person right. and they relied on their, their, that, you know, function aspect of their life and really leaned on it. And every single one of them, that reverse their cancers or spiritual in some aspect, whether it's the same God that, you know, whatever, they're not all the same gods, but they were spiritual. So I thought that was really telling. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> well, you know, it, it did because, you know, they slowed down, they trusted God, you know, but then, you know, it's, it's a fear. Like you go to the doctor's office, you know, you know, everything about this. The doctor comes in there and tells you, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, of course, you know, that fear just comes like, oh, my gosh. And, and he's so convincing. I think the biggest problem we have to realize that the white coats are legal drug addicts. That's all they are. I mean, legal drug pushers, sorry. Legal drug pushers. And they are pushing big pharma medicine on you that's going to kill you. They really don't take the person and treat the whole person. They are just looking at you as, again, a commodity. How much money I can make off of you? How much drugs I could sell you. This is why we have such a sick healthcare. We don't have a healthcare system, and people need to wake up and realize that we do not have a healthcare system. Yeah, the doctors don't. The, in medical school, they're not taught to cure chronic diseases, and that's a lot of us are getting chronic diseases from whatever, fill in the blank. Um, so they don't cure you. They give you a Band-Aid in the form of a pill. They treat your symptoms, and what non non or Non-conventional doctors are looking at why did you get this problem in the first place? What did you do? What did you do to your body? Let's detox it or whatever. And so they look at they look at the cause. And modern medicine doesn't look at the cause. The only things they're really good at are emergency medicine and some surgeries. That's what was you know. Ask any doctor, they'll tell you the same thing. They cannot touch chronic diseases. They just can't. Yeah, Cindy and I both lost our daughters because we trusted white coats. Right. And I knew a lot, you know, and I still felt prey because of the fear. Again, the fear, it's, it, it's scary when they look at you and they tell you that you have to do this or you're going to die. So we know now not to even trust them. I, I think they have lost all respect to me. I, I, I don't respect them anymore. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I have a problem too. I have a, a non-conventional doctor and a conventional Mm-hmm. And the conventional has been eaten up by a conglomerate and she used to be a great doctor. Now she's like her, the information she gives me is wrong and she's being told it by the, I'm not going to tell you the umbrella group, but I know that's where it's coming from. I'm just like, wow. So we can't find these mom pop. Remember the private doctors we grew up with that were so wonderful and mm-hmm. really cared about you and did the best they could. I, I think those, they've all gotten eaten up by conglomerates. I think cause of the, the, um, malpractice insurance has gotten so expensive yeah and you know like 
go to a doctor and they give me a checklist, I don't fill it out. I just say everything is good, good, good. My parents are good. You know, I'm like, do your job. <laughs> do, not doing a multiple question to give you if you to look in a book and say, okay, she answered five out of 10, then I'm going to write to this prescription. I refuse to do it. I'm like, no, my parents don't have cancer. My family don't have heart condition. There's no diabetes. Figure it out. Do your job. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did the same thing. Yes. Yeah. A few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's what we have to do. We really need to be advocating for ourselves. Yeah. Because absolutely, who we thought was actually watching out for our best interest is not watching out for our best interest right. anymore. Yeah. Research, research, research. And there's doctors, you know, we're not, none of us are medical doctors, but there are tons of doctors that have written amazing books on how to stay well, how not to get chronic diseases, how to eat correctly. I mean, tons of them. Brain, the brain maker. What is, I mean, there's all kinds of fantastic books out there just start with the doctors if you don't if you don't believe us go go listen to the doctors that have had the aha moment some of them are still conventional medicine but they're like look you can you can do things to you know stave off chronic disease this is what you do i remember in the um, documentary there was one of the doctors that was sharing about how they look at the overall so like you mentioned stress earlier so they they talked about how they brought music in and then another one was saying how you know, the colors on the wall in the clinic even play a factor into the healing and prayer, which we, we talked about, you know, having that spiritual relationship. It, it was just this holistic look that they had in treating these cancers. And it was like, that is exactly, we, we push God out the door and don't look to him. We end up trusting these doctors who are human, but yet at the same time, they're being enticed by the pharmaceutical companies and, and Satan, who I, I truly believe this is a a satanic battle when we look at all the deaths that are happening via, you know, the, the poison poke, I didn't want to call it a, a vaccine because it, it wasn't a vaccine, but that, and then the scare tactics like Meg, uh, Rebecca brought up. I mean, there's just so much that if we just open our eyes, you know, and we pay attention and, and we look at, okay, what's really happening within our own bodies. And if we, we trust God that to the point where, okay, Lord, no, you made this body body in such a way. I mean, it it heals itself. And when you look at a cut, even, you know, how quickly a cut heals. And just to even to, to call out to him, say, Lord, okay, I don't know what to do. And I, I believe that God will will lead us in a direction. And in your case, you know, look what he led led you to now uncover for for how many people, you know, if we just see this documentary and you're saying read the books and so on, we will have more of a wealth of information that we can now, you know have in our in our in our lives to actually direct the path you know if we did you know god forbid be diagnosed with cancer but i mean i have brother that's battling cancer right now and i have a mm -hmm. sister-in-law and i'm like okay i mm -hmm. i wanted them to see this i mean both of them have been doing the traditional treatment mm -hmm. one is on a trial now but i mean even that i'm like okay i don't know about this trial there's so many side effects you know but now to have this you know wealth of information i think it's just it's really going to be a a wonderful thing for everybody. So they're not listening to you. Um, how would I say it? Um, well, maybe. Sorry, maybe you don't want to talk about. <laughs> no, it. no. I mean, they are, but they're. I think they are. You know, they are, but they're hesitant because yeah. they've had someone that has gone through, you know, the traditional cancer treatments, and they did give them some time, but it didn't give them a, a large amount of time. Right. And and then again, the insurance pays for it. Because that's one thing. Every yeah. oh well, my insurance pays for this. They're, they're going to cover this. 
I'm like, don't look at that because it's your insurance that's going to be the one that's going to cause your demise because, you know, they play that card. Oh, your insurance yeah. will cover this treatment. Your insurance does this. You have to be yeah. careful about immunotherapy too. Some people are like mortgaging their houses out. I mean, be careful. Ask questions before you go down that road and know how much it's going to cost you out of pocket. And plus immunotherapies, it's in my film. This medical oncologist says it's not a cure, it, you know, for solid tumors, those are the hardest, not the blood cancers, but the solid tumors um, outside of melanoma. Um, the solid tumors are hard. And what happens is they will fix one part of the immune system, but the immune system is all these different parts, you know, moving mm -hmm. parts and stuff. And so you fix one thing. Well, it's going to cancer is smart. It's going to mutate around whatever you just fixed and mm -hmm. it's going to mess up something else or T cell or whatever. And so eventually you're going to get your cancer back. It just, it's not working. They put all that money, moonshot, all that money, billions of dollars, and they're not curing, they're not curing cancers. So it was just a waste of money and you're not hearing about it as much. Have you noticed? I'm glad you brought that up because that is one thing that they had really pushed for my brother, you know, after they did the traditional treatment. So, you know, we got this immunotherapy and the word immunotherapy does sound pretty good. Yeah, but then sure. when you start Long researching it. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is not what I really would have thought it is. And then yeah, and plus said, they can they can throw you into awful autoimmune diseases too. So there, it's not without side effects. I mean it can be, but there's a lot of then you have another disease you have to <laughs> worry about. So um okay. yeah, it's not not they don't have they don't have the cure yet. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, I heard about hypothermia therapy for cancer. And um in the US you can get hypothermia paid for unless you go through the chemotherapy and the radiation. So they want to destroy you so that when you do get hypothermia therapy, mm -hmm. it don't function. But there's places in Germany you could get the hypothermia treatments. And the fever, the body naturally has a fever. And we were always told by the white coats, reduce the fever, take this medicine. Listen, let the fever go down. Fever is the body's way of fighting the infection and killing right. the infection. So right. every time we delay a fever, we actually lengthen the, the disease or the infection you have. So there was a story of a man during COVID just within two years ago. Uh, he got COVID so bad and he got such a high fever. And um, he had cancer before. <laughs> and after this fever, a couple of days of this high fever, the cancer was gone. That is yeah, a I have a similar story in my film. Um, Senator Harkin tells about a woman who had cancer. They put her, NIH put her on a trial drug. She all of a sudden had this big reaction, a huge fever for an extended period of time. And then she went away and all of a sudden her cancer disappeared. Yeah. It was probably the fever, right? The fever. And then NIH didn't take any interest in that outcome at all. Um, they know about Coley's fluid, which induces a, a fever and can help with cancer patients sometimes cure them. Um, so yeah, fevers, I, I don't take Tylenol anymore. I used to take it all the time. I don't, I don't take it for low grade fevers. You don't want your fever to like be so high for an extended period of time. I mean, I'm not talking about cancers. I'm talking about, cause it will eventually like kill your brain cells and stuff, mm -hmm. but um, you have to be careful. And we're not medical doctors, right? We're just. Right. No, no, no. We're not medical we're, doctors. <laughs> but what I would like to say is that, exposing what you're doing is exposing what these doctors really are doing. They are profiting off of us. So your documentary is going to give people an understanding that don't trust these doctors. They are not working for your best interest, right, Cindy? Right. I mean, we 
can't trust them. It's the same thing I'm doing with debt by hospital protocol. I want to show the doctors that are following these protocols and killing your patients, killing our loved ones. So exposure is the best way we could go right now. So you're yeah. doing a wonderful job with that film. Thank you. I, I, I think doctors, I think most of them have good hearts and they went into it for the right reason. But then they get in this, you know, labyrinth of medicine and they go, whoa, this was more than I you know, signed on to. They see things that they intuitively know that's going to hurt the patient more than it's going to help them. But it's the standard of care. Then they have to weigh out. This is how it was explained to me by a medical doctor. Then they have to weigh out. Well, you know, I have all these medical school bills I have to pay off mm. and my kids mm. tennis lessons. And, you know, they have to they have to then they get into this um you know, cognitive dissonance of, you know, justification of, um, I have, you know, I have to do this. This is, you know, they'll justify it somehow, you know. Yeah. They yeah. trap for the medical school bills that come out with a hundred right. or $200,000 in school bills and now right. they have to work. So the, and malpractice insurance is very yeah. expensive, even if you're yeah. in a conglomerate. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they have to, they, they you know, they, they, I think they're paying for a lot of their malpractice insurance is what I'm hearing in exchange for you have to f follow the standard of care. They don't tell them that, but here comes the guidelines you have to follow. They don't have time to do research. So mm -hmm. they, you know, <laughs> they just follow what their associations say and these conglomerates. And um, that's how we got into these problems with mm -hmm. COVID. I think they just, here's your guidelines. Don't, don't go off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Before we um, close the show, and I'm going to give you the last uh, moment to share, Megan, but um, we want to remember, as, as we were talking about how we really need to educate people. And in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And you are bringing knowledge, we're bringing knowledge forward um, to bring light on this evil, which is wonderful. But... Um, one final item, and since Scott isn't here, and I know that he would have uh, said some smart remark about this next topic I want to share before we close the show, um, is your your other documentary that you have out there. <laughs> um, my husband, if you know him, he's, he's a jokester, so I know he would have said something funny about it, but um, I want to play this, um, this final trailer. Um, so, Don, will you please play um, Boobs, the War on Women's Breasts? Mammography is a suboptimal test. A hospital spends a million dollars on this mammogram machine, so they want their return on their investment. Mammogram can miss up to 40 to 60% of breast cancer. It misses cancers that we wish it would find. Half of all cancers that actually exist. It finds some cancers that we call overdiagnosis cancers. From a mammogram, they, they found calcification and said I had DCIS. So then I had the mastectomy. Radiology and radiation, you know, that it comes with a price. I worked together with the radiologists and I saw how often the results were wrong. We know that mammograms don't work. The information has not been full and fully disclosed. There's massive disinformation campaigns. The drug companies actually hire writers to create disinformation. A lot of the the research data, a lot of the professional articles have been manipulated for the sake of money. Years ago, mammography was not regulated. The FDA stepped in and set guidelines. If we know that an FDA guy now 
is one of the corporate people over on one some drug company's board, what is that telling you? It's telling you a lot. The docs are being paid by the pharmaceutical companies, so it's just absolute conflict of interest. Why do we need to radiate women first and then we do a more accurate test? That's why all these, what all these docs hide behind. It's not the standard protocol. They are covered from a lawsuit. That's why we have people doing tests that aren't needed and um, you know, covering all their bases. We believe that patients are supposed to have a choice. It's my body, it's my health, it's my life. I don't look at myself because it's so ugly, but it's done, so there we go. We need better tests. We need a better test. Boobs. Yeah, I love the title. <laughs> I decided to call, I wanted to call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for that. I have been doing tomography for more than 15 years. I refuse to do a mammogram. Good. Yeah. Good. And I think it's important, but when I go to my GYN, she gets so upset at me. Well, we need the mammogram. And I say, I'm not doing the mammogram. I'm not doing, well, the, that tomography doesn't work. I say, it's read by a radiologist. If you want me to do an ultrasound, I'll do an ultrasound. But they get so upset that you don't do the mammogram. Because again, it's a standard of care. Standard of care, and it's, again, driven by the pharmaceutical companies, and now the FDA. So do we even trust the FDA anymore? Look how many times the FDA have been wrong. No, they have. They're part of this whole revolving door. They go and work for pharma, and then they come back, and they have a job at FDA, and then they go back again and make even more money. And that's one of the problems with D.C., um, Capitol Hill. Um, so, yeah, mammograms are full of radiation, ladies. It's a lot more than they're letting on. I did the research. I talked to a Columbia University professor, and he said, they're talking about scattered radiation. They're not talking about absorbed dose, which is going into your breast, which is, can be a lot higher. And um, they're also dense breast tissue absorbs more radiation. So the denser your breast, your, your breast is the most radiation sensitive organ in your body. Mm -hmm. So when you radiate it, you're doing damage to that tissue and you're, you can induce breast cancers. There's a lot of speculation coming out in the literature now. So they're doing exactly the opposite. They should be yeah. doing an ultrasound, which has no yeah. radiation. It's not painful. They're not squishing us, which can also induce cancers. Um, it's crazy. Again, we're doing exactly opposite. That's how I, we have to get our common sense back here and our intuition. And last time I was standing there getting my breast rate radiated and squished, I went, this doesn't make any sense to me. Why am I doing this? And I stopped. <laughs> I just, that was it. But one of my doctors who treat me, um, who does the tomography, she said to me, dense breast is normal. It doesn't mean that you have anything wrong with you. So the, but that fear again, telling you, oh, you have dense breasts. Right. Um, so right. what she recommended for me to do was to take iodine, take two drops of iodine and rub it on your lymph nodes around the breast, mm -hmm. and then frankincense oil, uh, pure frankincense oil, two drops again, rub it every day after your shower, and mm -hmm. this is going to make your breast softer, and um, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have these issues. And again, you know, the clean diet, you know, the one thing she said to me was no coffee, and I haven't been able to give that one up. <laughs> they have organic <laughs> coffee. <laughs> organic, fun. organic. So. Yeah, yeah ther thermography real quick for women. Um, I do ultrasound in conjunction with thermography. That's what these two medical doctors um, advised. Thermography can pick up inflammation in the breast. It's an infrared camera which can lead to cancer. So if you have the inflammation, you can reverse it before it turns into a solid tumor, 
Once it's a solid tumor, it's harder to reverse. So I had inflammation in my breast, they caught, I reversed it within a year because I had that thermogram. That was my aha moment with that. I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and in my film, boobsdocdoc.com, I'll, I'll give you a website where you can go and find, um, according to this one interpreter, what he thinks are the best thermal, thermo, thermographists <laughs> um, in the U.S. around. So, Well, that's wonderful. So what we have come to a conclusion was that here, Rebecca and I are all here exposing the hospital killing lane. And you're out there exposing the cancer killing lane, which is it, which is um, both of them are very, very important because of how many people we know have died in the hospitals under the guise of COVID. And as earlier stated, you know, it's still happening and you're seeing, you know, the cancer deaths just increasing more and more and more. So both of our causes are, are just unbelievable and we have to expose the lies of the cancer you know, they have been lying to, to people for years. And that's what I, I really took to heart when I watched your documentary. I just thought, oh, my gosh, how long they've been lying to people and how trusting we've been. 50 years they've been lying to us. That's right. how long they've been using those therapies and it's not working. Right. And then it seems like, you know, they know it's not working, but do they change it? They don't change the approach. The same thing when our girls were in the hospital. And now we look back and we see clearly you know, they weren't changed anything. They knew it was killing people, the, the standard of care, the protocol they were using, you know, but yet, you know, people that had a heart walked away, but that wasn't very many people, you know, the money incentive mm -hmm. was there, which you're seeing with the whole cancer. All right. Money, 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 money. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I, like I said, Scott would have had some smart aleck about your boob documentary. You know, <laughs> But um, it was it, the title just is is wonderful. I mean, because it does just catch your eye, and and I think women really have to, you know, see that documentary. You know, the trailer yeah. enough gives you a teaser. I was and, surprised nobody's done a documentary on breast cancer screening before. So I said, "Well, there's an opening. I'm going. I'm going in." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that is awesome. Just awesome. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And then also thank you for your um, alternative cancer treatments because we've heard of a few out there. But you've exposed, you know, even more. And then also the thought process of of what we're up against. And that was what was neat with your documentary. You're showing both sides, you know, of how one is looking at it and then the other one is looking at it in a totally different light. And just to help people have that uh, that choice. Yeah, thank you. They, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a joy having you. Um, we, uh, as Rebecca said earlier, this was our very first first uh, podcast solo and um it was neat it was very natural it was it was a, a wonderful um, opportunity for us is there anything else that you'd you'd like to share that we may have missed um, um like no again i just i did these films to give people hope and a, a, an alternative to breast cancer screening and also to conventional cancer therapies you don't have to be afraid of cancer you can have hope if you do come down with it there's things you can do to prevent cancer and um, so a new standard of care.com and boobsdoc.com. Hopefully a wealth of information for everyone. Yeah. And Don will put those in their show notes. So then uh, people can click on them quite easily and be able to, to watch them. Thank Great. you. Thank you. So, Rebecca, Thank do you have anything else to say? No, I, I just listening to this again, it brings me up to, we need to have a list of doctors that are not harming patients. 
You know, we really need that. And again, with the um, malpractice, malpractice protects these doctors. It's awful because Cindy's case, Grace, uh, they want to just say malpractice. And I'm so happy that the case is going forward under battery. So now the doctors are not protected with the malpractice insurance. They have to find their own money to pay for the doctor, the insurance. Um, sorry, cut that clip. <laughs> they have to find the money to pay for the attorneys and they would be charged. And we need to really push for that. If doctors are harming patients, we need to expose them. If they are killing their patients and hiding under malpractice and nobody knows because the, the malpractice insurance actually paid the clients off and then you're not supposed to speak about it, that needs to be exposed. Why would I go to see a doctor that already harmed five patients and I didn't know because there's no exposure. So we really need to expose these, these doctors. One thing you can do that reminds me, your attorney, the attorneys general, we have 50 of them in the U.S., go to your state attorney general and complain. Get a bunch of people on a petition. That's something you can do. And if enough people do that on a cause, you, mm -hmm. you will see change. It's a way to start and, you know, to go around Congress and start with your attorney general. Thank you for that. Thank you. That's awesome. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your wealth of information you shared shared today. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.